Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Voice of Neuro. This time we have a very special guest, the legend of the StarCraft scene. It is Artosis himself, and we're going to be discussing how to play StarCraft with limited time. This topic was suggested through my Patreon. If you're at the $5 tier, you can suggest different topics for me to focus on for content. And someone suggested, how do you play and improve at StarCraft if you don't have a ton of time? If you're watching streamers, oftentimes they're playing StarCraft for eight or so hours a day. So I was thinking, well, that's kind of difficult for me to answer because I play so much of it. But Artosis over here has 19 children and 47 dogs. <laughs> and he streams, and he casts and commentates, and he travels, and he's playing StarCraft 1 and StarCraft 2. So reached out to him at BlizzCon this last trip, and we had a really nice conversation and considered sharing that live and then in the podcast with all of you here. So welcome, Artosis. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing quite well. How are you today? Solid. I had some very silly games. Some yeah. days you have games that feel pretty standard and pretty normal. I got Planetary Fortress rushed. I had a Protoss rage quit when I killed his probe going to the third. And I got proxied a bunch. It's just, mm. it's an ever-evolving and hilarious story playing this game. Mm -hmm. It certainly is. I, uh, I gained MMR on a ladder session on stream for the first time in a, what feels about 100 years. I think I went up about four MMR overall after three hours of play. So, And that's StarCraft 1? Yes. How much is four? Is that like one match worth? No, no. It's like a third of a match or something. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is I didn't drop 100 MMR, which happens a lot of the time on the stream. Yeah. So you're <clears throat> dangerously close to break even there, but you didn't yes. have a losing session. So right we'll book there. it as a win. Yeah. <laughs> So given that, I wanted to start out talking with purpose as the foundation for playing this game and thinking about improvement. A lot of times people will engage in activities and they won't really think about the why of, of all the things you could be doing. You have 24 hours every day. You have sleep you have to get. You have obligations. You have work stuff. And maybe you like playing video games. Why would you choose to play StarCraft over other hot and popular games that are around right now. Why do you continue to play it, Mr. Artosis? Me, me personally? Well, I mean, there's there's so many reasons. Uh, StarCraft is like, it's, it's not really, I don't even really consider it playing a video game all that much because StarCraft like improves you in so many ways. Um, it, you know, it, I think playing a video game is like sitting on your couch and, and doing... Uh, you know, Legend of Zelda, or perhaps being a Fortnite pro gamer. Those are playing video games. StarCraft is, it's its like you're kind of like teaching your brain, and it's a much more, it, it's just, it's so much harder in every way, which I think is why I like it and why I continue to play it, because it kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it teaches you discipline, it teaches you how to think correctly. Uh, it feels very good if you're playing well. Like that's that I think is probably at the base of things why I, I like to play just as much as I possibly can, because I mean, you obviously know this, right? If if you're like macroing while you're hitting all your injects, you're spending all your money, you're moving your army around. Well, that is just a great feeling because everything is kind of clicking. It's it's 
very much, I think, I'm not an instrument playing person, but it kind of feels like playing the piano or something, I think, uh, when, when playing well, you know? Yeah, I always describe StarCraft as two people playing piano next to each other, and they're being judged on who plays the piece better, and there's a rule that you're allowed to slap the shit out of the other person. So it is a competitive musical aspect in the sense that there are certain time frequencies that happen independent of your opponent. So an example would be the inject timer or hitting your chrono boost. Those happen at predictable times. The warp gate research time, like different things that you can memorize and get a flow for. But what you talked about there and what some people mentioned in the chat with the uh, Artosis Love Starcraft is the balance between frustration and satisfaction with Mm -hmm. a gaming experience. So Starcraft is super, super brutal. It's really annoying in a lot of situations. If you're playing poorly, you feel like you're just getting outmaneuvered constantly and it's really tough. But when you win, it makes it that much more satisfying because you know that you had to work really hard to earn that. Mm -hmm. And you were saying that it doesn't feel as much like a video game in the sense that I think it doesn't strive to reward you super often. The reward is the process of playing the game. We don't have like tons of loot boxes and stuff that are popping off and unlocking tons of things. If you're playing StarCraft, you're playing it for the matches, for the wins and the losses, Mm -hmm. and for that kind of competitive aspect. For me, this feels the closest to boxing and fighting Mm -hmm. of any game that I've played. It feels very honest in that Mm -hmm. sense and very sharp. So stuff is really lethal. You can get blown up really fast with a really quick timing. If you weren't paying attention, you just instantly die, which adds a lot of merit to being a good macro player, being able to defend stuff and learn the game. Yeah. And another uh, aspect of it as well is the game is, it's so complicated and, and so amazing that it's kind of like, I feel that you can express yourself through Starcraft better than any game that I've seen at least, where everyone really has their own way of playing no two players really play all that similarly and you're kind of rewarded for that and that is a big part that feels really really good um yeah i i I don't know if you know exactly what i mean by that but it's no idea yeah everyone kind of has a style right you can cover up the names of players and a lot of people be like oh no that you know that's dark i can tell that's dark you know, just from the way the units move and the, the, the strategies used or something like that. And, uh, or, you know, whoever it may be. And I think that that's like an amazing, uh, aspect of the game because yeah, it just, it, that's an important thing to kind of express yourself in something in life and something so difficult to express yourself in that it is kind of like boxing, like you said, where it's like this kind of honest thing. It's like, is my self-expression in this latter game good enough to take on this other person. And it even is, it either is or it is not during that particular game. And that's kind of a, as you said, that can be very, very rewarding. For instance, if you win a game, it's like, yes, you won. That's it. That's all there is to it. No one helped you. There was very little luck involved. You know, very rarely is a StarCraft game really luck-based and it's just awesome. Yeah, I think there's a layer of specialization there. So you're talking about personal style The way that I think of it is certain tactics and approaches can be thought of as different pieces of music that you could train. And each StarCraft player hasn't practiced all of them equally. So, Mm -hmm. for example, in Zerg versus Protoss, 
there are certain Protoss players who I know are macro specialists. They do the adept expand into Oracle and a third base and all that. And sometimes they'll throw in a cannon rush. And whenever they throw in their cannon rush, I feel like I have the advantage because I've defended it more than they've done it. But then you'll face the cannon specialist who cannon rushes Zerg every single game. And it's quite the ordeal. It's really difficult to come out ahead in that scenario. And then they've already practiced all the different follow-up scenarios. So I'll have some people in the chat and they'll see the probe discover my hidden base on the map and they'll say, oh, do they have the stream open? No, my friend. This is someone who cannon rushes every Zerg on the ladder they face. They're an expert at this and they know to check for that if they see no natural expansion. Mm-hmm. So that's a really cool aspect where every player in StarCraft has their own kind of unique footprint or thumbprint in terms of their identity and how they play. I have been able to sometimes identify barcode players just based on their style and the uniqueness of how they move the units around and what mm-hmm. units they make. Things Absolutely. like that. Yeah, that's it's a very cool aspect of the game that I'm sure every game has it to some amount, but I feel like it's more so in StarCraft. Mm-hmm. So the next main thing I wanted to hit was the plan for building an improvement strategy. Because this scene is so, so competitive, if you want to get ahead, you have to do something that other players aren't doing. And a huge element of that is thinking about your practice outside the game and how you're going to organize your practice. Mm. So some things that I try to be mindful of are practice regimen the balance that you have between studying the game, warming up, practicing things outside of the ladder, and then laddering and doing custom games, Uh, deciding what your approach is going to be in each of your matchups is also really important for Mm -hmm. being able to refine what you're doing. So how do you think about your regimen in that aspect? Yeah, Yeah. well, I mean, that's a really big question, but I think that uh, if you're not spending time before you jump on the ladder thinking about what you're going to do, then that is really to your detriment. And you're not really likely to, in my opinion, uh, improve really very much at all. Uh, and I think I think you have to first off set up your mindset, right? Like, do you want this this time to learn and get better? Or do you want to gain ladder points, for instance, right? It's like, are you looking to execute at your best? Or are you looking to gather more information and practice things that are hard that you're going to trip on a little bit more? So I think that that's like a, a very important thing to look at. And like you mentioned, uh, kind of thinking about what you want to do strategically. Uh, what build orders do you want to do during your practice session? You know, you can gain more out of, I think, a really focused one hour practice session than out of eight hours of just randomly grinding. Like if you're just, if you sit there and you play StarCraft, as a lot of people actually do for like eight hours and just do whatever build comes to your mind, you're not actually going to improve all that much. It's not going to be that helpful, I think. I, I, I think you really need to decide like, for instance, okay, you know, I'm going to go for this maxed out roach timing, let's say right against Terran today. That's, that's going to be my build today. And you're going to be able to kind of focus on trying to get that up, trying to, to kill your opponent with it and finding, okay, what went wrong this game? What went wrong this game? What went right this game that I didn't do in the other games, or maybe my opponent changed what they did. Right. And I think that that's uh, a, a very good way to utilize like a small amount of time 
is by really focusing on that. Like from my own personal, uh, my own personal uh, playing and practice recently, for instance, I decided I like had a big dip in an MMR and I was like, oh God, I'm playing like players that are uh, really quite below my regular MMR. How do I make this a worthwhile experience? Uh, because, you know, again, I don't get that many hours. I probably, I don't know. I, I try to play 15 hours a week, uh, which is probably a lot for a lot of people listening. But, you know, for me, I want to play 70 hours a week. So it's it, it doesn't feel like that much. But uh, for instance, when I did do that MMR drop, I decided, you know what? I'm going to make a spreadsheet and I'm going to go uh, two factory rushes every game against Protoss. I'm going to take all the data down. And I'm going to see how I can improve this build order. And so I kind of just relaxed and my MMR kind of hovered there for a little bit. And then I had a shoot up because I had about five, six games where I did the build. And then suddenly you start seeing all these patterns because I was focusing on this. I wasn't just, you know, getting into a map and being like, well, I'll do an expand this time. And the next game, well, I'll go for a starport this time or something like that. Instead, with the more focused approach, uh, you know, I started to learn, uh, some things that I hadn't known before. And I've played, you know, this is, I'm talking specifically about a Starcraft one build order right now, but I played the game for 20 years. And now I, you know, over the course of one day for a three hour period, recording one build order four or five times, uh, on the ladder, I learned some completely new things about balancing my economy and how to get an extra Marine out and, and stuff like that. And I feel like that was a very useful uh, practice session because of that. Yeah, the way that I think about it when it comes to choosing your builds and refining them is if you're doing a different random build every time, you're always looking at the build and thinking about the steps to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you practice the build to the point where it's just part of your intuition, where you're just doing it, you don't have to think aloud of, now I'm going to drop this building and that building, you're looking at the opponent. It's the difference between watching your feet as you run or as you walk versus looking ahead of you and seeing what is on the horizon and how you're going to adjust and redirect what you're doing. So I've definitely noticed that whenever I try to make an MMR push, especially my first GM push, I had a super strict plan in every matchup where mm-hmm. I'm going Roach Hydra every single game. And yeah. you might say that it's not the most ideal composition in maybe these scenarios over here, but it allowed me to build consistency to the point that I didn't have to think about my build. I didn't have to think about my plan. I could think about how my plan adjusts to the opponent's action. Yeah, yeah. And um, just having some sort of specific plan that you're going to be doing on a given day, I I found it really interesting when you were telling me about um, your icky sticky thing where you were just spreading creep and how your MMR actually peaked higher than expected during that. And that yeah. makes uh, that made a lot of sense to me when you said that because you were focusing on just one thing. And I mean, obviously, focusing on creep, that's a that's a great thing to focus on. But uh, just deciding like this is what I'm going to do so that you're not using too much mental bandwidth. Like there is a wide range of things that you can do in StarCraft 2 and StarCraft 1 uh, and make it work if you have kind of the wherewithal during the game, if you're not confusing yourself trying to remember oh wait when do i get my colossus out here but instead you you know when you're getting your colossus out there and you're kind of putting your brain into what's actually happening in that actual game at the moment Mm -hmm. this connects to with the really important point for people which is it's okay to be lost and to mess up sometimes Mm 
and you get the replay at the end of it to study. So even if you lose a match and you make a comedy of errors, you've generated something that shows where you are as a player, which means that you can troubleshoot and figure out what to focus on. If I have a day where I lose a whole bunch of games in a row, I get pretty rustled and bummed out and things. And I try to stay poised and collected, but sometimes I'm screaming on the inside. Mm -hmm. And one thing that helps me a whole bunch is I'll open up three replays that are kind of medium in length. And I'll try to find a common theme of me messing up in one of my fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll see, well, I made five queens, but I was just pulling them around my bases, trying to defend different harass stuff. And I totally stopped injecting for four minutes. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm having a bad day, how about I just leave one queen at each base and inject those three bases And if I do that, then I'm going to count that as a moral victory for my improvement as a player. And we kind of joke about and say, yep, we won. And I'll do the gong sound and the chat will cheer. And it's it's like a positive thing, even though you're tanking your MMR and redistributing your points. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, I think that that's a, a really important thing to mention here. Like when you are trying to improve at the game, you should not even really look at your MMR it really doesn't matter. Like you're actually going to learn more from losses than wins, generally speaking in that situation. And you're generally like, again, if you're trying to learn, if you're trying to improve in a game, you're going to be trying to tackle things that you haven't mastered yet. And those things you should make mistakes on. You should. Serral does not win every game, right? Like he, he loses games in practice. He loses games in tournaments. This is normal. This is fine. You shouldn't expect to keep a, a gigantic win rate, especially when doing something new. And that's really where you're going to start learning things and being able to be like, oh, now I oh, I'm getting tripped up on, you know, my fifth overlord every game. That's and then if you if you find that, for instance, in those three replays that you're looking at, suddenly that's going to start popping in your mind as overlord five comes up. You're going to be like, oh, whatever I'm doing right now, I'm microing against, a, you know, some Marines or whatever. Ah, I got to make an overlord no matter what because this is where I've been stumbling. Mm. One other point with the plan was studying pro games and replays. You have a, a nice aspect of your job where you get to see and cast a lot of the best games. Mm. How does that impact your play and your practice? Are you thinking about stuff as you're casting it and thinking, maybe I would like to practice this or learn this style? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I actually, for... Um, from 2015 through 2018, uh, I recorded notes on every single professional uh, StarCraft game uh, for StarCraft 2. And uh, like I had links to the VODs and notes to kind of, I, I kind of used it uh, twofold. I, I wanted to do it to just make sure I was completely up to date on what the pros were doing uh, so that I could commentate them better, but also for my own play. Like the Protoss notes were a little bit more in depth because, I, you know, I wanted to utilize that. So I I wasn't using that as much and it took a huge amount of my time. So I don't do that anymore specifically, but I still make a note when I see a game that kind of has something that gels with me. If I see someone do a build where I'm like, oh, you know, this, this particular build order looks very strong against something I'm having a hard time against, or maybe it's something that just fits into my own style uh, because that's uh, something that can be very, very, useful is to find pro gamers that play similarly to you the way that you like to play because again you're kind of expressing yourself with starcraft so for instance if i'm kind of a more passive macro player let's say 
Uh, maybe I watch more stats games and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of taking a note like, oh, this is this is how he holds on to that thing that's killing me. This is why it doesn't kill him. Uh, so I would say that it's definitely very helpful, but you have to be careful, too. You have to kind of look at it and ask yourself, is this reproducible? Right. There, there are definitely games like, for instance, no matter how crazy you are, you'll watch SOS games and you can't make any of that work ever. It just it won't you know, every game for him is a a beautiful snowflake and it's just, you're not actually, maybe you can get an idea like, oh, wow, I guess Blink DTs can be used early in this matchup or something, maybe in certain circumstances, but uh, you don't want to go like too far down the rabbit hole of trying to uh, copy pros. I think it's better to kind of get the ideas from them and maybe refine your build order a little bit based on what you see. There were two really good things in that. One of them was, a lot of times people watch a pro level game and they're not thinking about the context. So for SOS, as an example, he's got the context of he knows how that opponent plays. He knows the map really well. He knows the most obnoxious ways to play on that map. And he knows the most annoying cheeses and things he can do to that player in particular. Mm -hmm. Where for your average player, just in their normal ladder game, you don't know your opponent most of the time. You don't really adjust to the maps very much. So if you're copying SOS, abusing a particular map and being annoying to a particular opponent, it's going to be really missing the mark. And it's often really micro-intensive. So Mm -hmm. you want to be thinking about the types of approaches that are going to be applicable for you and your games at your skill level. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were talking about the, the other point, trying to find a player who reflects your approach to the game. This goes back to the point of every player has a unique identity, but I think you can make some parallels with archetypes of players. Mm -hmm. And that can be things like how risk-seeking versus risk-averse they are. One thing that I've suggested will be a really cool addition to StarCraft is some expansion of the player profiles where it showed things like average workers made per game. I think (laughs) that really shows how macro-oriented you are. Some people, it's going to be a much lower number, which means they're on the front foot trying to make things happen on the opponent side of the map and set them off balance. Other times they're trying to get ahead and stay ahead, get more tech, make more stuff over time. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely the kind of player who prefers to drone a whole bunch, get my fourth base online, make a ton of units, and then start swarming all over the place with harass and tech and things like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things about StarCraft is you're not all funneled into the same approach to the game. Some people cheese every single game and that just makes them happy as a clam. And they want to keep doing that their whole career. And they can go from bronze to GM, cheesing every matchup every game. And that's valid and viable. The flip side, you can also be a macro-oriented player where you try to identify all the different cheeses and builds. You're trying to figure out what your defensive procedure is. And then you practice all of those and you get more and more robust with your progression that way. And both of these avenues are valid. Yeah, and I think that uh, while most of your VOD watching or your your game watching to study for your practice time should probably be coming from players that uh, play similar to your style, um, like we've been talking about, I think that it also can be very useful uh, to look at the way that the opposite player plays. Like what you just described is kind of the opposite of, let's say, Impact, uh, the South Korean pro gamer. Uh, but I feel like something like that can be a good way to kind of spice up your play and your practice a little bit. Uh, of course, when you go and try to do some of his all-in builds, that's not going to be 
uh, something that's well, you might be pleasantly surprised, to be honest, that your MMR might peak or something doing something like that. But it can kind of give you uh, a broader vision of something you're missing within your own play. If you if you are always a passive macro player, for instance, which is always you know something I've kind of been known for. If you if you are never rushing, you're actually going to miss out on something that you you're not going to understand as well, like the power of pressuring your opponent and making him make mistakes and things like that. Uh, and that that can actually really help, in my opinion, your the other parts of your play as well, like your macro game itself. You can kind of learn a lesson about, oh, if I attack them early, they, you know, this guy, most people, you know, miss a few probes or something or place a building wrong or their build order gets messed up. Uh, and yeah, it can kind of... It's important to kind of experience the the whole spectrum every now and then. Yeah, that historically in the StarCraft scene has really shined for certain players who use their image to their advantage. Mm. There was a run that Scarlet did where she just cheesed the shit out of everybody in this tournament. Yeah. It was like innovation. She 2-0'd him. And the builds she was doing were Bly and no regret builds. They weren't <laughs> Scarlet builds. You see Scarlet and you're like, oh, it's going to be 85 drones and a fourth base and tons of units and it's just macro god mode. But no, it was just all the nastiest stuff that it's like, who is this player? And the people who are playing against her, they have that profile in their mind of how she tends to play. And then she's playing the opposite of that. So I think that approach is really valuable when you have something like a best of three or if the opponent knows you. But then also just for fun and being able to expand your horizons it can be pretty educational and amusing as well mixing a cheese here or there yeah 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 the next main part was condition and this one i think is the most difficult for a viewer to see but i definitely definitely feel it and that's how your body is running on the day that you're playing and you're practicing mm. Mm. and this Starcraft 1 and Starcraft 2 are so mechanically demanding, so fast-paced that if you're even a little bit less rested than you normally would be or you had to handle some random thing that came up in the morning that took some of your energy and your emotional availability, when you get to your ladder session, you're not going to be quite as quick and quite as snappy. And this is played for the millisecond where every little bit counts and over the course of a 10-minute game, if you've been slightly slower, then you're going to be way behind what your normal average is. But those are oftentimes quiet mistakes where mm -hmm. it was in the first four minutes of the match. There wasn't a big fight yet, but you got supply blocked. You were five seconds late on an inject, like you missed a chrono boost, things like that. So I listed off a few different things and you can let me know kind of what you notice about your condition, what impacts mm -hmm. you. Uh, rest is super, super important. I've noticed that both my in-game performance and also my stream presence and entertainment value are very closely tied to how well rested I am. Mm -hmm. I think my buffer for putting up with bullshit and annoying things is greatly affected. If I've slept less, I have way less patience for people hassling me about stuff and also just being harassed and stuff in the matches. Yeah, the rest is the like sleep is the number one performance enhancing drug in that there is that's it like if you get enough sleep you will function so much higher this is to the point where if i didn't get at least seven hours of sleep i literally just don't even turn on my stream or if i do i do something like look at replays because i know playing will be a waste of time uh it's just it, rest is so important to the point where at nighttime 
I start looking at the clock and it, maybe it'll be like 10.30 p.m. And I'll think to myself, I'm like, God, I do want to watch another episode of The Mandalorian here. But I also want to do well on the ladder tomorrow, which I actually enjoy more than my end of the night, you know, watching a TV show. So sometimes I'll I'll just make that call and be like, all right, I'm going to go lay down, <laughs> you know, because uh, the difference and like I promise because I have been playing Starcraft for over 20 years now, it it is so substantial. This is the way. <laughs> This is the way. <laughs> so for me, it's eight hours and I feel good. Uh, seven hours, I can do it, but I feel like it's maybe minus 100, mm-hmm. minus 200 for my MMR and also for my patients. If I have less than six, I'm basically hoping the stream is going to be over as soon as possible. Yeah. L- less than six. That's where once I drop my kids off at school, I literally just tweet that I'm not streaming and I go take a nap. That's it. I'm just like, well, I can't do anything well for the rest of the day. I become irritable and stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to make mistakes when I'm being recorded and I'm live to hundreds or thousands of people. <laughs> Let's not do that. So the next one was exercise, warm up and stretching. Is there anything you do physically before you play or practice? So the uh, one thing that really helps my play immensely, like I read this book called Spark. Do you know about this book? No. Okay. So it's just, it's a book that kind of like is written by some scientists that did studies on um, what, how exercise uh, affects cognitive performance. And one of the big takeaways from the book is that once you exercise and get your, your uh, heart rate up to a certain amount for a certain amount of time, your brain just performs better. So about a year and a half ago, I started testing that. <laughs> and uh, I found it to be completely true. Like I was, if I went to the gym, for instance, and worked out and then came back and laddered, I was just so much uh, more clear headed. Uh, so absolutely, I think that if you exercise before you play, I have found that to really affect me in a very positive way. Now, to be fair, I haven't done it much recently. I have a newborn, so <laughs> my... uh my times hitting the gym have decreased right now, but uh, I absolutely do find that good. Uh, as far as the stretching, um, I like I was starting to stretch a little bit, and then I I'm kind of off and on with that. Like something will remind me to stretch occasionally. Like I'll someone will mention like, oh god, Jadong's wrists aren't doing any better. He's not playing any. So I'm like, oh shit, I gotta stretch. You know, I gotta. <laughs> but uh, a lot of the times, I actually just forget that it's something. I need to uh, improve upon. And then uh, for the, the warm up, um, I'm not sure if you're talking about warm up like physically or you're talking about like in game warm up there. Uh, both. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. So my experience with exercise is the the same point about doing some cardio or doing some lifting before you play. It really gets the engine running. I feel almost like you're in a cocoon when you wake up and you you feel all kind of groggy and sleepy and all this. And once you've done some exercise, you're kind of connecting with your fighting spirit in a way because mm. we're creatures that were hunters, hunters and gatherers for a long time. We used to have to get off our ass and go chase shit and stab it to even be able to eat during the day. So we're very physical creatures. And if you're not engaging your body, you're not really getting that cardiovascular and that 
muscle system engaged. And since StarCraft is such a game of speed, being able to be physically awake and alert and ready to fight is really advantageous for you. Mm. And for the stretching point, I don't really stretch my wrists at all. I mainly work on my back because I'm sitting for a long period of time. So just opening up my mm. back helps me a whole bunch for my mental clarity and peace of mind and things like that. There are a lot of different pain and pressure points when you're playing video games for long periods of time or even just sitting at a job. And then when you have the pain and pressure points of three rack sweeper jumping in your base at the same time <laughs> yeah. and your back hurts and <laughs> there's a bunch of annoying <laughs> stuff going on. I feel like if you can uh, prime yourself by knocking out a lot of these different pain points before you get into the session, then you can focus a lot better. Yeah. One other thing about like uh, wrist issues or whatever issues, the one thing that I've done, um, and I feel like this is a part of why uh, I haven't suffered really from injuries um, is I've always had a, a very low mouse speed compared to most people. And I've always made sure uh, that my chair uh, is at such a height. Like I, I won't play unless my chair is at a height where my uh, forearms are straight from my elbow to the mouse. Um, and I feel like those two things are really helpful. And I also don't push my MMR too much. I mean, my, sorry, my APM too much. Like I can play at 300, but I generally play it like 220, 230 because it doesn't cause me pain. So I kind of mm -hmm. like, I, I've tried many years ago to kind of set myself up into a situation where I wouldn't hit these uh, things that destroy many, many players that play a lot. So I have the same setup as you with DPI. I play with 400 DPI, which is... Oh, that's even lower than what... mine, yeah. Yeah, and then I also have my forearms on the desk. That was recommended to me, I think, by Jack Attack. He's really big in the ergonomics of keyboard and mouse use. Yeah, So yeah. making sure your forearms are fully on the desk. My elbows are basically right at the edge of the desk, but my forearms are fully on it. And the reason having a low DPI is really nice is you're distributing a lot of the strain of moving the mouse across more of your arm mm. rather than just your wrist. I think it's counterintuitive for a lot of people because they, they think that it's better to move your hand less with high DPI, but that's really concentrating that strain mm -hmm. in a very small area. Yeah. It, the, like I basically don't get wrist pain. It's very, very rare. Uh, I do get, a, occasionally I'll get some shoulder pain and that's it. And that's because I kind of move my whole arm with my mouse generally. Mm -hmm. There was a good question by Aorit in the chat about working out versus eating before you play. Mm -hmm. Do you, what's the order for that in the morning for you? If I go to the gym, it's on an empty stomach uh, always. Like I'll, I always wake up like the very first thing I do in the morning. Well, I, I go and I pee and I brush my teeth, but then... Uh, I always grab a, a water, like just make a cup of water with uh, some sea salt and some lemon in it um, to kind of restore electrolytes and stuff. I like uh, Todd recommended me a book that I read uh, that had that in it and I started trying it and it just it's amazing. It's like a, a magic potion that kind of gets you ready for the day. Uh, so I've done that like every single day for over a year now and it, I absolutely love it travel with it and everything. So uh, I, I do that. And then if I'm going to exercise, I go and do that on an empty stomach, come back and I generally eat. Uh, I try to stay on mostly um, proteins and fats in the morning. 
And then if I'm kind of tired, I eat a piece of peanut butter toast because I just love it. Um, but yeah, that's how I do it. Nice. Mine's pretty similar. I haven't tried the salt and lemon with the water, but that sounds interesting. Usually I'll get up, have a big drink of water, get suited up for exercise. Maybe I'll go for a run and then I'll come back and I'll do breakfast and coffee. And then when I'm having that, usually I try to be either standing or sitting uh, in like a squat rather than sitting in a chair because I'm going to be sitting here for quite a while. So doing like the, the low squat or even just standing up straight and eating is a nice way to physically engage the body in a way that's different from hmm. sitting in the chair for a long time. You know, I hadn't really thought of that. That's a good idea. I happen to eat breakfast standing up most mornings because I'm busy like feeding the kids and stuff. And if I go sit at the table with them, they steal all my eggs. So <laughs> you're just protecting your eggs. <laughs> yeah. No, if I if I eat it standing up in the kitchen while watching them eat in the living room, then uh, that's that's how I get all my eggs. So. Have you ever tried the Superman pose before you play? I have not. <laughs> so that's something that was mentioned in a few different psychology studies about how your posture can affect oh, your mindset. Now I know what you mean. Okay. I thought you meant like a plank with my arms out. <laughs> um, like flying. You, I know exactly what you mean though. It is. You dab before you ladder. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm too old for that. I'm, I'm a boomer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean, though. That's amazing. I I actually, I didn't think to do it before playing, but that is something that uh, I used to always do, the, the Superman pose before doing, like, a big finals cast at, like, Katowice or BlizzCon. Tasis and I would always go and start doing those those big poses and then run our hands over the desk so we own the place and stuff. So, yeah, some of that stuff really is, is cool and definitely works. Yeah. There was one that Cobra Venom actually told me about when I discovered it by accident, I have a Torin warrior that I role play and his name is Brunt Afton Mestrunner. And he's very brave and he always stands in the front and he shouts and he's loud. And I did a ladder session in StarCraft as Brunt and I won like six games in a row. And I was like, why am I winning on my main account doing this silly voice? And he was like, well, if you use a deep and commanding tone, that's demonstrating confidence for yourself, which means you're going to be able to like attack your opponent when there's an opportunity and hesitate less. And I was like, really? Is that like a thing? And then he linked me to studies. So I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that's very, very interesting. I love it. Yeah. So being able to set your intention kind of before you're going into practice and getting into a confident mindset as a very physical process is really key. I really like addressing the physical aspects of self-care first because I think they end up being simpler. Because human psychology is really complex. There's a lot of stuff going on. People have a lot of interesting backstories and motivations and things they're dealing with. But managing a body is comparatively easier to figure out, I think. So mm. the rest, the exercise, the warm-up, the stretching, the hydration is a really important one uh, that's worth mentioning. I always have a big thing of water next to me mm. that I'm drinking throughout a stream. Yeah. And the other benefit of that is it's going to cause you to need to go to the bathroom, which creates good breaks to just get off your butt and also get a couple minutes to give your wrists a break. I've noticed that the only time that I have some wrist or forearm strain is when I'm kind of tilted and I keep doing the play again as soon as I lose mm. for a long stretch of time. And then I feel it get kind of hot. And if I'm 
in a good mindset and I'm staying hydrated and taking things at a good pace, then I'll be taking those natural breaks maybe once an hour or so. It ends up being really helpful for me. Yeah. Uh, when I'm on stream, I generally don't uh, get up or take breaks very often. I think probably because I lose more on stream and I do the anger cue. Uh, mm -hmm. But it, I try to, uh, on, on nights when I can, play at nighttime uh, for a couple hours. And I generally, like, I'll play one or two games and then get up and kind of walk out, talk to my wife for a minute, come back in. And uh, mm -hmm. kind of helps keep my, my thoughts clear instead of just massing games. Yeah. I have mentioned with people like with this whole discussion of tilt management and whatnot, that it's okay to be tilted and venting is also okay. It's about how you do it. So if you're being able to identify, yes, I did make some mistakes. It is okay to say that the opponent played in an annoying way. And I would say that one of the foundational aspects of Starcraft is your ability to annoy the crap out of your opponent. Mm. That has a ton of psychological value. Uh, the goal is to keep knocking them off balance to the point where it snowballs and you can win the match. And uh, just because a strategy isn't used at the highest level doesn't mean it's not going to work against you. Mm -hmm. And that's the, it's such a bad strategy that it's good this time mm -hmm. <laughs> kind mm -hmm. of domain, which is pretty funny. Yeah, I've lost some matches like that where it would never work against Cyril because yeah. of the way that he scouts and prepares and stuff. But against me, it ended up totally bamboozling me. So, <laughs> Yeah, you, you can definitely win with very bad strats. It's something that myself and my stream viewers talk about every day. <laughs> there's, mm. some, there's some bad strats out there, man, and sometimes you just can't stop them. For fun, what are some sports that you kind of feel have pretty good overlap with StarCraft? Um, so... I, one sport that I really, I actually read a lot about, I don't watch it a ton, but I kind of keep up with it is tennis. Uh, it, it reminds me of it in a lot of ways where, you know, you're out there alone. Um, it's very intense. It is actually quite strategic. Uh, yeah, it's just, there's not that many high end, you know, single player sports, right? I'm mm -hmm. it's I, I guess like uh, a lot of people I've heard really like uh, MMA and Starcraft. There seems to be a lot of um, uh, overlap with that. For me personally, I just have always kind of liked tennis. I like playing it and stuff when I can. It's it's a fun game. So that's kind of the one that I focus a little bit more on, even though I realize most people uh, go the MMA route. Mm -hmm. Inner Game of Tennis is being mentioned in the chat. It is. That's a book that I haven't read yet, but oh, I think you mentioned it. It is, uh, in my opinion, probably the best book about StarCraft. Interesting. Yeah, it's like literally you'll read it and be like, oh, this isn't the, the fact that it's called the inner game of tennis is a great disservice to itself because it's really you don't like I do not get to play tennis almost at all. Tennis is not popular in Korea. There's like one court near my house at all. And it's private. So I, I don't even remember the last time I got to play, but that you don't need to because the book is it's really about performance. It, a lot of the things that we've been talking about, it just it covers really, really well. It's an amazing book. Mm -hmm. My equivalent for that with the level of recommendation and the application to Starcraft would be Mental Game of Poker by Jared Tendler. Oh, that's a great he book. He breaks yeah. down a lot of the different types of tilt mm -hmm. and what scenarios cause those kinds of tilt and how you how those are going to affect your 
play. So sometimes it makes you become more risk seeking, other times more risk averse and how you can be aware of that and inject logic into those situations that allows you to make a positive way forward and catch yourself because uh, tilt by its definition is being emotionally compromised to the point where it affects your results in the negative. You start making worse decisions because you're upset as opposed to better ones. I think it's healthy to be a little bit uh, grumpy with the game, a little bit grumpy mm -hmm. with your opponent. <laughs> and I think a lot of my best improvement comes when I'm not satisfied with how well I'm playing. I've noticed this quite a bit, especially after I get some coaching. If I get coached and I understand what my weaknesses are and what I'm working on, sometimes I'll win a game and I'll feel like I didn't deserve it because I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I messed up what I'm working on. Mm. So in that sense, you're not supposed to strive to play StarCraft and just be loving every second of it and all smiles and giggles. It's a very frustrating game. So if you're frustrated, that means that you're human and you're a part of this community. Yeah, frustration means that the game means something to you, which I think is not necessarily a bad thing. Like I'm definitely someone who gets frustrated from time to time playing, but you know, that's it's normal. Like I take the game seriously. I'm trying my best uh, very, you know, almost all the time. I'm trying my best and my best is, you know, not good enough almost 50% of the time. So that can be frustrating, but uh, it, it matters as well what mindset you've kind of set yourself out for today. Like today was uh, one of my less angry streams because I was like, oh, I'm actually going to try to practice and improve a couple areas today. And, you know, that that in and of itself really helps to avoid things like tilt because you're putting yourself into that learning zone and realizing like, yes, mistakes will be made. Uh, we're trying some stuff that I'm not, not as good at. These are not my might peak things. And that's where you have to kind of sit back and, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not losing, it doesn't even make sense because it's like, well, you're, you should be fucking up here some because it's something new. Yeah. It reminds me of a reminder that was coming up in a lot of the yoga videos that I watched. I did 30 days of yoga. It's yoga with Adrian on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I did that while I was at the team house with Pult Violet and Jack attack. And that helped me a whole bunch with my patience in the game. A lot of times in StarCraft, and I'm just terrible at this in ZBZ, you get slightly ahead. Mm. And if you looked at the replay, you see, yeah, I'm in a great spot. But it's just the right amount of being ahead. Or if you take your happy army and you go across the map, you're going to lose the fight and fall ridiculously mm. far behind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so being able to prepare your body and just get in a right... In, a patient state of mind ends up being really valuable. It's a really tough balance because you want to be assertive enough that you can capitalize on an opening that the opponent gives you, but you also need to be patient enough that you don't throw a bunch of advantages that you have because you know you're ahead, but not ahead enough. Yeah, I run into that sometimes. And when I get angry after messing it up, because I had a game today uh, where I got ahead and then I just kept going because I wanted to kill him and I thought I could kill him. But I was in the right mindset, so it was okay. I find other times when I'm getting a little bit sloppy in that regard when I'm ahead, I find myself almost telling myself, oh, I don't want to build turrets up there. I'm kind of lazy right now. Like, I just I just don't feel like doing it. And as soon as I catch that, I look, I, I, I have a little mental chat with myself where I'm like, okay, if you're too lazy to play the game how you know you should be playing it, log off. You know, that's it. Like, Either play the game the right way, like either do what you know you need to do 
or there is no excuses, you know, when when the the drop flies into your base because you knew you should build things right then and you don't want to. And you're just going to get angry if they do and be like, ah, screw this guy. You know, he shouldn't. It's too easy playing Protoss or whatever the hell it is. If you lost the match, you know that it was your fault. Absolutely. If you were lazy, you know that it was your yes, fault. Yes, yes. Anytime you take the lazy way. <laughs> responsibility is one of the main reasons why I built a StarCraft stream as opposed to a MOBA stream. Mm. My gaming experience before this, I never played StarCraft 1. I didn't play Warcraft 3 multiplayer at all. So I'm not an RTS person in my gaming background before StarCraft 2. Mm-hmm. So the reason I went for this was because I was on a MOBA team uh, in Heroes of New Earth that ended up collapsing after a little while. And I wanted to stream and talk about mindset, but I also wanted to do it in a way where I wasn't reliant on anyone else. Mm-hmm. And with StarCraft, you can just set a goal for yourself. Like, I want to be in Diamond in StarCraft. And you can do that. And once you've done that, you've demonstrated it for yourself forever that you can set a difficult goal for yourself. You can practice, you can train, and you can meet that. And that's part of building confidence as a human being over the long term. And that's one of the most valuable things that you can gain from gaming, in my opinion, especially competitive gaming, is building confidence. Confidence is going to be the most robust when it's based on knowledge of what you have already done. You faced a challenge, you met it, you conquered it, you defeated it. And then whenever you're thinking about the next challenge, you have all of that to draw on in your past of, yeah, I got cheesed a whole bunch in StarCraft, but I ended up learning how to beat it and I moved up the ladder and that's with me forever. So that's pretty huge, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, it, that that was something that I, I used a lot earlier in my life as a confidence I gained from StarCraft because I was kind of like a little bit of an outcast in high school and stuff but I was a a good Starcraft player and I was just like, you know what? I have value here. You know, it's I've, I've done some hard things and and done them well. And uh, yeah, it's definitely agree with what you say. I went from poker to Starcraft as my main focus. And I found it really amusing the amount of times and it, it was worse back in wings than it was or than it is now. A lot of times people complain about bad luck with build orders of, I lost the coin flip of this ZVZ where they went for this and I went for that. So I lost and coming from poker, it's like, you guys have no idea about luck and variance. Like there's almost none. There's a little bit, Mm -hmm. there's the map. And then for a four player map, you've got the spawn, but compared to the, the card deals and poker and all the different ways people can bet and stuff, it's very, very minimal. There's so much mechanical speed and difficulty in this game that that's what you should be focusing on over the long term. Mm -hmm. If you want to be moving up the ladder, You have to be thinking about everyone who's at your tier and their level of dedication, practice, focus, and fire, and you have to exceed that. So that's really tough. Some people think that, oh, I have have high self-esteem. I think of myself as a smart and quick person. (laughs) If I play a bunch of StarCraft, I should move up the ladder, right? Well, a little bit maybe, but (laughs) it's really not so simple, Um, definitely. Yeah. So the... Other point here tying in with the playing with limited time is how StarCraft fits with your personal workflow and your life balance. So you've got family and friends to manage. There's adulting, rent, obligations, work and study, and then your health. Most of those things are going to come first, I would probably wager. 
Um, yeah, well, for me, this part, I don't know if I'll be as helpful uh, for people because StarCraft really is my job, right? So I, there, like, for instance, streaming uh, is not uh, a huge part of my income or anything. It is a part. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of like I, I get to play a certain amount on stream. And then for the other things I, I kind of mentioned before, right, where I'll, I'll decide at nighttime, for instance, to go to bed a bit earlier to be able to play. So that's kind of like maybe sacrificing a little bit of uh, other free time at different times of the day to to focus on on playing better. Um, but yeah, for me personally, I just I like Starcraft so much. Uh, and it really is my favorite thing that not only will do I do it for work, but I also do it for pleasure. So like, for instance, once all my kids go to bed, I generally try to get in, you know, a few games, uh, two, three games, if if possible uh, at nighttime and then kind of be like, OK, got to stop now. Go spend time with the wife, the the family there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm as helpful with that just because Starcraft is a very consuming part of my life, I guess. Well, a connected question I can ask, though, is do you feel like you play better at the start of your day or at the end of your day? Uh, Somewhere in between. Yeah, that's a good question. It's I I think that I play better at nighttime by a little bit. Uh, There's not really any pressure because I never stream it. Um, And it's not many games. So I can really, really focus, which is actually something we talked about it at blizzcon a little bit that i i felt like was interesting that hasn't quite come up yet that i i feel like uh i improve more when i play less because i'm thinking more like for instance right during during my stream i i generally stream starcraft one three to four days a week in a three-hour block where i'm basically requeuing non-stop so however many games that might be but at nighttime, I'll generally improve more than the three-hour block in a one-and-a-half-hour to two-hour block where I'm playing two to five games, let's say. Five would be generally as many as I would play at night uh, because I'm kind of uh, thinking much more about it. And for instance, like we we talked about, like I'll get up and go out and talk to my wife and, you know, I'll I'll go pee and get a drink and kind of take it slower. I won't just requeue. It'll, it'll be more thinking about it. Uh, and I, I think that those things, once you get a certain level, like you, you have to play a lot of games to get kind of the right mental constructs in your head for how battles should look and how the flow of the game goes, uh, just generally speaking. And you want to get your mechanics to a certain level. But a lot of the game is that, that thinking aspect where, you can actually get a lot better just by thinking about StarCraft rather than playing just because you're going to think like, oh, yeah, no, in this situation, I should do this. And then you can remember that when you're playing later and things like that. Yeah, I did a little pie chart one time talking about the cognitive resource that is being committed in different scenarios. So for a streamer, it's being divided between a lot of different things. You've got alerts that are popping off and you want to say thank you for those because we are very thankful and appreciative of the support that we get. You've got the discussion that's going in the chat. Sometimes you're talking about something that's off topic or even the previous game. I've noticed that that is a really big hindrance for me that doesn't happen when I'm playing off stream because you don't have to explain your previous game to an empty room, Mm. (laughs) thankfully. (laughs) 
but that's a big distraction. Music as well is really fun. And I think it can up your energy, mm -hmm. but it does cost your brain something to process those notes, especially if there are lyrics that you know, and you're mm -hmm. kind of singing it in your own head. You do have other stuff like the obligations, I think sometimes can be a distraction underneath the surface, which means that procrastinating with StarCraft can end up uh, hindering your StarCraft play because you know you should be doing other stuff. I think that's oh, one yeah. of the benefits of just having a really well-organized and prioritized life is you set it up to where when you get to your StarCraft play, you can treat that like a samurai mm. where it is your entire reality is this StarCraft match. Nothing else exists and you are focused 100% on defeating your opponent. A lot of times people don't really have that sense of seriousness when they're approaching the game. Yeah, I really, really like what you said there. Um, if you have something else that needs to be done, that should be done. And I'm not talking checking emails. Uh, that's something I've kind of improved in my own life lately. I don't kick myself for not looking at my email a lot. I don't I don't feel like, you know, all the busy work that people feel like they need to do. It's like, oh, I should make sure I like make a Facebook post today for my social media or whatever. Or like, I need to check my email and, you know, ping this guy about that. And I need to go and I, I don't make myself do any of that stuff anymore because all it did, it was just noise in my head. So generally every email I, I respond to nowadays starts off with a sentence. Uh, sorry uh, for the late reply because all my replies will be late because I check my email so infrequently and I just, it, it doesn't take a high priority because I found it was taking up all that mental space. Uh, but for things that actually need to be done, that's like, if I try to play Starcraft at night and there's stuff that I actually do need, like, it's like, no, I need to, you know, record this, this sound file for whatever, for blizzards, whatever it may be, you know, there are various obligations that come up. Then I can't, if I try to play, I'll just lose. Cause it's, it's just, I'm thinking about it. So, you know, occasionally I'll find myself starting a game and, and playing and just, I keep thinking about what I have to do. And I'm like, okay, we're not playing tonight. Got to get, got to get real life stuff done first that actually needs to be done. And then you can approach it in that more serious way and, and actually gain the enjoyment and the improvement and all those things that go along with it. Fantastic. One question that some people ask when it comes to getting back into the game, how long do you think that it takes for you to get back in the swing? Say you have a week where you couldn't play any Starcraft. What would you say is your estimate for feeling like you're back up to speed? My estimate actually changed drastically lately, which really kind of caught me off guard, but it leads to this thing that I mentioned where not playing, I feel like I'm improving a lot during it. Uh, so now, like it used to feel that if I didn't play for more than one day, it would take me like, let's say I don't play for three days. It would take me like an entire day of all my regular practice time, right. To kind of get back. Uh, and if I didn't play for like a week or if I missed two weeks, which that stuff has happened recently, I went to home story cup and BlizzCon and stuff like that. Uh, I would always feel like it takes two weeks, three weeks to really be back into it. Uh, I don't feel like that anymore, actually. I, I Now that I kind of uh, just try to relax into playing instead of playing intensely, if that makes sense. Like if you're pushing yourself to hit your supply depots, your overlords, your pylons, that's 
like you're there's there's friction there you're you're pushing you're trying hard you're you're spending all this mental energy but if you relax into it i know that this sounds very weird but stay with me for a second here if you kind of take a more relaxed approach to this if you're not trying to force yourself to play well instead you just kind of relax and the thing is starcraft fans you know it's an old game a lot of people have played for a long time um if you kind of just let your brain do what it knows how to do and let your hands do what they know how to do, you're going to get it back really, really quickly rather than trying to force it, in my opinion. Yeah, so you're anticipating a little bit slower play starting out, but at the same time, if you can embrace that, then it's going to be a lot more smooth and swift for getting back up to speed. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed was if I take time away from the game, I love the game so much and you're in the same camp where sometimes you just think about strats Yeah, and you're like, you know, it'd be really annoying in ZVP <laughs> is if I drop two lurkers in the main and then I pushed with a huge Rotrid army at the fourth at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then you're just thinking about that while you're hanging out with your family, having Christmas cookies and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you get back and then you do that and you just fuck someone up with it. And you're like, man, that was a heckin' good idea. Yeah. And you wouldn't have had that if you were just, hammering out the same Roach Ravager over and over again. I think oftentimes we'll fall into a pattern if you're spamming games where you're kind of doing the same thing and it gets a little bit mm-hmm. mindless autopilot. And a break here or there can shake off that autopilot and sometimes shake off some of the bad habits that you have in your play. Absolutely. And you can have a little bit more of a refreshed perspective. Yeah, yeah, it, that is so, so true. You can actually, like, I, I don't know how we would find this or test this, but I have noticed over the years, a lot of the time, the player that comes into a tournament saying, I'm not expecting anything because I was on vacation for the past week, will end up having the tournament of their life. That happens so, so often. Yeah, I think the pressure that people put on themselves oftentimes ends up being a mental obstacle Mm -hmm. where if they feel like I've trained super hard for this one, this is my one where I'm expecting a big result. You're thinking about expecting the result in the match rather than just being present and trusting yourself and doing your thing. Because that's probably the advantage of someone saying, I'm not really focused on too much. Maybe I'll get lucky. And they're just playing StarCraft. Mm. They're just playing the best they can with the knowledge and the skills that they have. They're not thinking about, can I post a better result than I have? I think anticipating the results is a really dangerous thing to do. Bruce Lee talked about that a lot. Mm. He said, don't anticipate the outcome of the engagement. You should just flow with the action. Yes. Just be there, be present and trust yourself. And that ends up being way more powerful than constantly assessing. Can I win this game? Am I ahead? Can I win? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think also, um, I, I think a lot of uh, that philosophy stuff can help out in these situations as well. I think that's part of the reason why I've been recovering qu- more quickly from breaks is because I uh, I know that you've read like a lot of Miyamoto Musashi things and like, you know, the, the five rings and Bruce Lee stuff and all that. I, I love reading those types of things because I think that that a lot of those mindsets uh transfer over into starcraft really well uh like for instance one that really helps me is uh, like the the samurai way like always be prepared to die that like is a very important thing for a more macro focused player that wants to be safe like me to kind of think about to be like no it's 
be prepared to die. Like I can lose every game <laughs> at any point. A game can go wrong and I can die and that's okay. You got to take a few risks here and there. And yeah. Yeah. Being able to troubleshoot properly with the style that you have is really good. I learned from day nine. He was talking about droning as fast as you can mm -hmm. and how to over drone and lose is a really good loss because you know exactly what to look for. You look for what their build is, how you should have scouted it, and when you should have stopped droning and making units. Mm. So you can feel satisfied with that match because you know that you were doing something right, something that Zerg should do. You lost the match, but it was in a very positive way where it's really easy to interpret what you can gain from that and do moving forward. Mm. Yeah, the can I win thing is... a. Uh, a thing that I saw in a lot of streamers, they would say, if I would have done this other thing differently, I would have won. Mm. And Petraeus is a player who jumped out at me as someone who seemed very wise because he would never say that. He would always say, if I did this differently, I would have been in a better spot. Mm. That's a, a really important mindset aspect of the game that ends up reducing tilt quite a bit yeah. and also being able to like have that even and sober perspective in the match where you're still patient and you're still ready for the next thing the opponent throws at you. You're not anticipating the outcome and saying, I've won the match, get out of my game, mm -hmm. which some people will say. I think actually specifically that statement, because that's something that I find myself saying from time to time, oh, if I do, if I just do this, I win. I think that that is one of the StarCraft players' ways to take blame off of themselves and almost pretend that it was luck based where it's like, well, he's, you know, it's, it's almost like there is a, uh, you know, subtext underneath saying, if I had just done this, I would have won, uh, where the player is angry, uh, the player is frustrated with themselves. Uh, but it almost makes it seem like this is, um, it's luck where it's like, oh, my opponent, the subtext is my opponent is lucky that I didn't just make a turret to see the the dark templar drop coming or something like that right and yeah it it seems to me cuz again i i use language like that quite a bit but i do step back uh, in my own head and look at it and say oh, okay i'm you know I'm like yeah I, I guess if i had done that i would have been in a better spot but by saying i would have won in that situation you're almost turning it into a bad beat rather than you made a mistake yeah the refreshing thing about playing starcraft is every match has a lot of mistakes hmm. the tricky thing is being able to pin down what the most crucial mistakes you made were and then how you're going to adjust that moving forward yeah and this connects with the overall goal of this discussion which is if you're playing starcraft with limited time the time that you spend should be as valuable as you can make it which means every match you play being able to get something of value from that that could even just be being able to push the buttons and get a match in, and that can be your point of value. But you should be able to articulate what that point of value is for your time because our time is valuable and it's limited. Yeah, that is for sure. Well, cool. We knocked out all of the main talking points. Oh, excellent. This is a really nice, nice duration, I think. Mm -hmm. That was a very fun talk. Hell yeah. Very much appreciate getting all those pylon show discussions with you. It's been really fun getting to talk about the game with people. This is an amazing scene. I'm really glad to be a part of the StarCraft community. Ditto. Thank you for coming on for this. 
Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. I guess I will. Uh, I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Well done, Mr. Artosis. May you slay all of your foes on the ladder, <laughs> and if not, may you learn something useful from the experience. Thank you. GG.